When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not wash before the, the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you are Pharisees clean, you Pharisees clean the, the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You, fool, you foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, hello. But now as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the, in the synagogue and respect greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. One of the experts in the Lord answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Jesus replied, And you experts in the law, woe to you, because you are load people down with the burdens that they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you, because you, are, you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did they killed the prophets and you build their tombs because of this God in his wisdom said I will send them prophets and apostles some of whom they will kill and others they will persecute therefore that this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that have been shed since the beginning of the world from the blood of Ab to the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah who was who was killed between the, the altar and the sanctuary Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for all of it, for it all. Woe to you, experts in the Lord, in the law, because you have taken away the key to the knowledge. You, you yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who will, who were entering. When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions. Right, I've got a few props with me today. Um, but first of all. Um, I wanted to ask a question. Um, would anybody like one of what's in this box? What? Why not? This smells so good. All right, if you don't think it's chocolate, come on, come on and see. Who thinks it's chocolate? I like that, lad. Right, okay, come and see what you like. <clears throat> Go on, you're very welcome. You can have them all if you like. You can open the side. What's in it? Do you not want it? It's rice cakes. Oh, but you know what, Benji? Because you trusted me, Benji... Benji. <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> no, I promise. Okay, who actually thinks these are chocolate? <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah, share them out with people. <laughs> They're for sharing. No, if anybody wants to share the rice cakes, they are a bit old because who actually likes rice cakes? Um, 
Great. Well, um, what was wrong? What was wrong with this box? What was, what was surprising? Noah, you put your hand up. What's wrong? There was no chocolate in. Why did you think there was chocolate in it, though? What made? <laughs> what made you think there might have been chocolate once in it? It looks like chocolate on the outside. So what's on the outside makes you think you know what's going to be on the inside. If this was sealed, we would have assumed that this was, that this was properly chocolate, wouldn't we? Um, if our shops weren't actually showing the packaging correctly of what's actually on the inside, it would make shopping a heck of a lot more difficult, wouldn't it? If you had gone to buy some beans and you open it up and it's peaches, well, that's not going to be so nice on toast. We assume that what is on the outside is reflective of what's on the inside. And it can be really similar with people, can't it? It's really jarring when someone is different on the inside to who they claim to be on the outside. Like when we've got politicians that will... <laughs> I need up. Um, when we've got politicians that say one thing but then act differently, we don't like it, do we? It just feels wrong. Or if someone says that they think that they're looking after the environment and then they throw rubbish out the car window, um, it doesn't match up. They're not, be, they're not having integrity. Um, and we read in this passage about the Pharisees, and these were men who were so meticulous about the law um, because they wanted to honor God and wanted to follow his commandments. Now, following the law, following God's commandments is a good thing, but their principles, even though they were right to start off with, over time became so focused on the intricate details of the law. And this meant that they, A, had lost the big picture of why they were doing it in the first place, and B, started making up their own rules and going to lengths that people should follow and, and pushing these rules on people. So uh, here you go, Tammy. Here's my parsley. In true Pharisee style, they gave a tenth of the herbs that they grew in their garden to the poor. That's how meticulous they were about tithing. So, uh, Tammy, here's a tenth of my parsley. That's for the food bank. There you go. You can pick that up later. That's mine. I'm, I'm having all of that. You can only have a tenth. So being holy and being more importantly to be seen to be holy became so much more important for the Pharisees and God's commandments to love the poor and to treat people as they would want to be treated and to champion justice. They became so focused on appearing to be perfect on the outside that they ended up straying a long way from honoring God with their hearts. And in this passage, Jesus full-on calls them out. He calls them fools. These are, these are kind of important men. These are men that are going around pretending that, not pretend, well, yeah, they are kind of pretending, aren't they? That they're perfect, that they're holy, and Jesus is calling them fools. How would that have heard? And Jesus just starts continuing in this passage, doesn't he? He moves on from the Pharisees to then on to the scribes and is saying, you are not having integrity. You are hypocrites. You are saying one thing and then doing something that your heart is in the wrong place. They might show on the outside this holier-than-thou attitude, literally, um, but Jesus sees their hearts. And while they give the appearance of being holy and right with God, on the inside, their hearts are a far cry from the mark of a real believer. 
Jesus said that the mark of a real believer is the love that a person has for other people. Woe to you, Pharisees, Jesus says. You're in big trouble, basically, if you keep on this way. And he called them a whitewashed tomb. I've got my paint and paintbrush. It was like they were dead. They were rotting. They were unclean on the inside. I'm just going to turn this that way. There we go. Does it go that way? No, it doesn't. Never mind. Um, there we go. It's off again. He called them a whitewashed tomb, that they were dead on the inside. They were unclean, but they were washing themselves over with this white paint um, to look clean. They were painting over their uncleanliness with their fake holiness, covering those hardened hearts and misguided ideas of what holiness looked like. It was like they were putting Lynx Africa body spray over a sweaty teenage body who hasn't cleaned. You all know what that smells like. I'm not looking at anybody in particular, but just some advice. It is actually Nathaniel's Links <laughs> Africa body spray. <coughs> but I'm sure you use soap before you use it, don't you, Nathaniel? Always. Every other day. Every other day. <laughs> so Jesus is basically saying, you need to take a shower. You can't just spray this body spray on afterwards and cover up the smell. You need to take a shower with soap and deal with what is underneath because lynx is not going to cover it. Jesus is far less concerned about what image people are giving on the outside than what's on the inside. It's our hearts and our love for one another that is what counts. It's the adoption of the character of God and his love for us that is what he wants for us and that he wants us to be reflecting on the outside. We want to be transformed from the inside out to reflect God's love for us. But I think as Christians, it's so easy to get caught up with this thinking pattern too, isn't it? We're no freer from the temptations of wanting to seem like we have it all together when the truth is no one has it all together. There isn't one person in this room that has got it all together. The human condition gives us a deep desire to be truly loved and truly known. But this is a really hard thing to do because we question whether we will be truly loved after we're truly known. Our society calls out for authenticity, for people to be real with one another. And we really appreciate it, don't we, when someone stands up and says, this is hard, um, or I'm not perfect. Particularly when it's people that are kind of front row center on our TVs or kind of are famous, and they stand up and say, actually, I have anxiety, or I have an addiction. There, there is actually something really relatable about that, isn't there? Um, they stop being kind of false people that are at a distance and become more human and relatable. Um, a friend of mine from home um, over Christmas, I, uh, she put a post on Facebook and I was, when I was looking through and it was a picture of her with her family at Christmas and it all looked absolutely perfect and it was sort of her and her husband and her children all looking pretty and Christmassy and it honestly looked perfect and I just swiped past it because I was like, oh, that's fine, it's another perfect life. Um, and my mum said, oh, did you see Lizzie's post? Um, and I said, oh, I, I kind of I scrolled past it and she said, oh, read it. And she wrote on this post, um, 
These are the photos that we took of Christmas Day, but this didn't show the part where my kids were screaming because they were hungry because we hadn't got Christmas dinner ready. It didn't show when I was up in my bedroom crying my eyes out because I was so stressed out and really anxious that day. It didn't show the fight that I had with my husband the night before over the wrapping paper. That was reality. And she was just kind of making this point of, we can put this image out, and yet it hides what is actually going on underneath. And she wanted to show that contrast. Um, It's hard to be our authentic selves, though, isn't it? Because we know, actually, that our true selves are not always that good. It would be easy to be authentic if we were perfect, wouldn't it? That would be the easy bit. But when we know that we're not that good, when we're fallen short, when we're broken people, um, but just as Jesus says, he says, I love you and I died for you while you were still a sinner. Like a broken pot, he says, he doesn't say fix your mess first and then come to me. He says, come to me and let me fix your mess. Let me help you fix your mess. The Bible says that all have fallen short and all have sinned. But it also says that while we were still sinners, while we were still broken, Christ died for us and we are forgiven in him. We can't expect ourselves to be perfect, but nor should we expect others to be perfect either. What we can do is love each other. Lost my jumper. It's to put on that jumper of love, which I'm going to try and attempt to put on and see if it ruins the microphone. Also, a thank you to Tammy for fixing the hole in this jumper because it means I can wear it now. Thanks, Tammy. It's to put on that jumper of love. We love each other in that brokenness. And that means accepting the parts of me which I'm not proud of and knowing that there are parts of you which you're not proud of, but that's okay. It's saying, I want to reflect the person of Jesus Christ by extending the love that he has given to me, by loving you, no matter what your struggles are, your opinions are, and your doubts are. It's saying that I want to be open enough to share my struggles with you. All those doubts, all those different opinions, the things that I'm not proud of, I want to share them with you so that we can talk through it, so that I don't have to suffer or battle on my own, but that I've got a friend, a confidant that I can speak to. It's a good thing to want to grow in holiness and to make an effort to reflect the person of Jesus in our lives. And we can be really inspired by those around us that are doing so and championing us to live differently, showing us another way. But we also want to grow in our ability to be open with each other and to be fully known by others. There was um, a member from uh, Nathaniel's um, page, you know when you did that survey or something of like, what do we want for this year? And there was one of the things that we want is to know and to be known, to know one another and to be known. And keeping, up, keeping our mess to ourselves and covering up and pretending I'm fine really doesn't actually help. In the same way that covering a sweaty teenage boy's body odour in links certainly doesn't get rid of the underlying problem. All it does is give a false and unrelatable impression 
of who we are by not being open with each other. And it robs you of the love and support and grace that you need from others to help walk through life with the baggage that you carry. Think of the potential problems or maybe even actual problems that are happening now in our lives that could have been caught earlier or handled more wisely if we were to have invited another person's wisdom and love and grace into that space. And I'm not saying that it's appropriate to share with everybody. Let's be wise about this too. But we all need at least one person in our lives who we can share that dark stuff with. But sharing our brokenness with someone else we can begin the steps towards true freedom from whatever is binding us. Whether that's an unhelpful relationship with porn or alcohol, or perhaps it's being unable to forgive someone, a historical abuse, loneliness, or fear of not being good enough. Opening up to someone is the bravest thing that you can do. It's the hardest step. And trust me, I've been there. I've had that time of sitting in front of somebody and opening up about something that was going on in my life. And the devil can absolutely pile a waterfall of shame on at that point. But it is also the most important step of a journey. It's the first step. um, And being with that trusted person can remind us that we are loved, that we are forgiven in Christ. And that we are also not the only person that struggles. I absolutely guarantee you that. Whatever is going on underneath, whatever is in your mind at the minute, that's that thing. There is is someone else that is also struggling with that in the world somewhere. You are not the only person. And we don't have to battle it on our own. And together, these burdens that we carry, when we share them with other people, can start to become looser that grip on us can start to ease and the shame that we carry can be put in its rightful place at the foot of the cross where Jesus has already dealt with it. I feel like that was quite a heavy <laughs> heavy topic in some ways to share. Um, but I hope that what you take away from this talk is, is the importance of sharing with somebody And that we are here as a fellowship, as a church, to love each other. So if you've got somebody that you feel able to share with, I just encourage you, what does it look like to share that one step further? What does it look like to go a little bit deeper into who you are and the things that are going on in your mind and in your heart? And if if you don't feel able to do that at the minute, or if there isn't somebody, who could that person be? Who might be somebody that you could say, can I just have a chat with you about something um, in confidence? I just need to talk. Um, And together we can build an authentic church, one where we are true and honest with each other, where we love each other, where we extend grace to each other, and where our insides start reflecting the person of Jesus. And we can display God's love to each other through that. So I think we're now going to have a few different activities. So at the back, um, I think Heather has got some masks. So you're able to, to kind of do a mask of thinking, what, is the, what are the things that you tend to want to put on the outside that you want to show people that you're like? And what are the things that maybe we want to do in terms of flipping that round? What are things on the inside that we want to be honest about or talk to people about? 
Um, we've also got the reflection zone as well, and then also the chat zone. Um, but also, if you just want to have some time yourself, um, feel free to do that as well. <laughs>